award winner, mentor, mobile optician. Today, we're going to learn everything we need to know about mobile optometry. And we have the one and only Helen. That's right. Helen Whitaker. Let's go. This is a Defocus Media production. What are your What's up, everyone? It's your favorite optometrist, Dr. Daryl Glover. And I'm Dr. Jennifer Lyerly, resident optometry nerd. And welcome to Defocus Media, optometry's number one podcast, where we discuss the hottest topics, latest technology, eyewear, practice management, and more. So sit back, relax, and defocus. What's up, what's up, everyone? It's your favorite optometrist, Dr. Daryl Glover. I'm back with another incredible show, another amazing show, a show that's going to blow your mind, a show that's going to make you think outside of the box. Today, it's all about mobile optometry, baby, and we have the one and only Helen out here that's going to put us on the game, educate us, show us how we can change the way we do things, but most importantly, meet the patient where they're at. So friends and family, I'd love for us to give a warm round of applause. Clap, 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 clap. That's right. For Helen. How are you doing today, Helen? I'm really good, thank you, Dr. Darrell. And I'm very honored and privileged to be here. It's a wonderful thing to showcase my passion. So Man. thank you. And look, I, I, I love to be able to share all my colleagues' passion because we all do something a little different in eye care. And when we work together, um, it can really change and elevate the profession. So super excited that you're here. Fun fact for you, Helen, um, Dr. Jennifer Lyerly and I, uh, you know, we co-founded, started Defocus Media, and our number one podcast that we've ever done was actually Mobile Optometry. It's probably our second podcast. So this is actually a topic that the eye care world wants. This is a topic that they want to learn more of, and this is a topic that I think we need to explore a little bit more. So I'm super excited to really learn a little bit more about your journey, but most importantly, how you've made an impact um, you know, internally with the profession, with mentoring uh, opticians, but also, you know, meeting patients where they're at and making them happy and giving them the right tools and resources to be successful with the eyes. Now, before we get too far along, before we get too deep in this story, let's learn a little bit about you. Tell us about your background, where you're from. I always like to get a little fun fact in there. And uh, let's get this party started, my friend. Oh, right on. Well, you know, being from the UK originally, we all like to talk about ourselves. So <laughs> feel free to just click that off button anytime. Um, so me, I, yes, I was born in the UK. I was raised in East Africa in Nairobi. I have a massive, massive piece of my heart still there, Dr. Daryl, which we'll, we can discuss later. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I did the usual route of school and college, university. I went into medical sales and I worked for over 22 years in the UK and Europe as an account manager and a, and, um, a sales manager, if you like, a group sales manager for most of the big, big ophthalmic companies, Alcon, Pharmacia, Sibagaygi. Uh, you're probably not old enough to remember Sibagaygi, but they were pretty big back then. <laughs> and yeah, so that was my first introduction to um, to ophthalmology, really. I, I used to work with the cataract surgeons doing their procedural packs, their uh, intraocular lenses. I used to be absolutely terrified, and they all adopted me with such grace and compassion. <laughs> so 
I moved to Canada, here's a nutshell, moved to Canada 2007 um, as a single mum, two little girls, seven and eight years old, and I had to reinvent myself. And I didn't want a career that took me away from my home and my kids. I needed to just do something that was closer to home and and help me embrace the country that I'd grown to love. So I became an optician. And that took me a couple of years. And I had incredible preceptorship. I went through the gamut of optician, contact lens fitter, refractionist, very lucky in BC to be able to do that. And here I am now with an incredible business model that I adore so much that I chose to share it and educate people to do exactly what I do. I love it. I love it. And thanks for sharing your story. And I, I just love how, you know, when you think about eye care, at least me, I think about work-life balance. And that's what this industry provides for us, right? You mentioned, you know, being able to spend more time with the children or be able to you know, live around what they need to do, but also make a living. And that's what eye care does for you, right? It really opens up the door to uh, live the way that you want to and have that work-life balance and be impactful, whether it's with your family or whether it's with the patient, right? So super excited about that. And I'm also super excited about everyone that's jumping out here. Let's give a shout out to uh, Tia Crockwell. She's a fellow mobile optometrist out in Bermuda. I actually had the opportunity to meet her. Yes, I remember you, Tia. I met you out in New York. It was in Times Square. Myself and Dr. Harbir Cyan. I remember you like it was yesterday. And we still need you on the show to talk about your story as well. But thanks so much for all your support and tuning in this evening also. But um, let's talk about it. Let's talk about mobile optometry. I mean, when I think about mobile optometry, you know, I just think about a vehicle and some frames, right? But um, I want to really dive deep into what it's all about. So I'd li really like for you to take us from you know, uh, what it looks like from, um, you know, the outside of it to the inside, to the business aspect and, you know, what the future looks like. So let's kind of walk through that journey today. If you don't mind, maybe just giving us a high level overview of what mobile optometry is. Absolutely. And feel free to interrupt at any time, because as you know, it's my passion and yeah. I will just keep going. Okay, let's <laughs> okay. go. <laughs> so so for me, my journey began born out of identifying a need and a, a gap in the market, not just from a business perspective, although that was definitely uh, an incendiary device for me, but also the fact that so many people who visit you as the, let's, let's keep it with optical for now, who visit the optical professional day in, day out, they form a bond with you for a number of reasons. And they form that bond because they trust you, they need you, and they get used to that incredible professional level of service that only you provide. And that's why people come in and ask for Dr. Glover, Dr. Tia, Dr. Joan, Dr. David, Mr. Smith, Miss Cheyenne. We are being sought after by those incredible, perfect clients. And I call them perfect for a reason. So for me, I identified my perfect clients were a particular, a particular group of people that, that bonded with me and my particular attributes. And they knew I was in it for them. And that every minute of every consultation with me, I was finding a solution whether it was in styling, whether it was in vision correction, whether it was working with my 
esteemed optometric colleagues who were producing the prescription that I could then fill as a professional. I was working for that client, not my corporation, not my company. So having identified that and also appreciating what I needed out of this, I wanted to actually build a business model that allowed me to deliver exceptional service to the people that I truly adore. Mm, I like that. And when you think about it, and you can all think about this, everyone that's tuned in, there are certain people that you see that make your heart sing. And you can see them now. You'll know who it was today that you saw. And they made you feel a million, a million pounds, a million dollars, a million shillings. They made you the bee's knees. And you deserved <laughs> that, right? Absolutely. So here we've got that power, this incredible power that you can now channel and make choices about your pathway of, of your professional career. So for me, Dr. Darrell, it was to fine tune that offering for only my perfect clients. Okay. Okay. So and those I, perfect clients began to ask me to do it a different way. I was asking them, well, how can we make this better? What can we do? And this whole volume of requests and aspirations come out. If you ask, you will receive. Yes. And you can then build your business model that is bound to be successful because you're actually making it all about the client. Yeah, you know, I, I you, you hit something that was heavy right there and it's making it all about the client, making it all about the patient. Uh, right. Whenever I train doctors, I always tell them, you got to put that patient on that pedestal, right? When you walk into that exam lane or in that mobile unit, um, nothing else is there. It's just that person that's sitting in front of you. How can you create value for that person? How can you make them feel like a million dollars? How can you find a solution to the problem that they're coming to you as an expert for, for to solve that problem, right? Um, I love where we're going with this. I, I would like to kind of, you know, kind of take a step back and you mentioned that perfect client, that perfect patient. Where did you come up with that? Because I mean, when you think about that, I mean, that's, that's actually a cool concept and a cool name, right? Because if you go into every exam, every encounter, looking at that person in front of you as that perfect person, you're going to give them perfect customer service, perfect patient care, right? So it's going to, it's like, it's, it's top of mind as soon as you walk into that room or as soon as you walk into that mobile unit. So I'm curious to know, when did that click? Um, what was the, the, the thoughts behind that? If you don't mind, maybe breaking that down a little bit as well. Absolutely. And, you know, we all, like I say, we all have that that incredible feeling of, of accomplishment of, of, yeah, I really know my stuff. I'm really good at this. I really transformed somebody's day today. They walked out of here telling everyone how amazing I am. It's not about the ego. It's about what you did for them. You gave them a moment of absolute nirvana, didn't you? Mm. Right. And you know, you, you help them understand that maybe their vision is never going to be as great as it used to be. Macular degeneration has come along. Whatever, presbyopia, maybe they have some other low vision issues. It's okay. You made them feel so important 
and so so engaged with that they already know that whatever solution you are providing is is what they need now once we've got that that kind of recipe whoever your perfect client is and you can paint a picture mine's actually 50 50 plus year old ladies progressive wearers right husband partner in tow calls the shots who's the boss right <laughs> buy the glasses for the husband take him to the doctor take the wife to the doctor we're in charge so that kind of avatar if you like is became my perfect client i used to think it was my seniors i adore my seniors but i actually i actually embrace my seniors now and they love it as part of my referral engine and they are so proud to be in that referral engine <laughs> they tell everyone about me so you create this opportunity to then serve that perfect client exactly the way they want to be served so again depending on the actual persona the avatar you have chosen or that has chosen you you then determine your marketing plan your offering your delivery of service because they're telling you exactly what they want and right. that's all you have to do just create it build it give it so for me busy healthcare professionals nurses doctors surgeons working 10 12 hour shifts what do they want they what want me and an right. esteemed optometrist like you to come to where they work yeah. have a day doing their whole team prescribing doing the glasses fitting getting it all done and dusted no more days off work no more time out of the surgical rounds no more no more opportunities for people to say oh got to go to the doctors this afternoon uh, uh, uh. it's all done for them yeah you've just created a whole opportunity for that one one group I love it. And it's, it can be anything, Dr. Dow. Think about it. It can be assisted living. It can be notaries. It can be legal officers. It can be indigenous populations in remote locations where the healthcare director says, right, bring me an optometrist. I'll buy you your exam lane equipment and we'll keep it there. You come every third Friday. I'll have 20 people waiting for you. Boom. Yeah. You've just picked I every box. I love that. And one thing that I really love that you mentioned earlier is, you know, again, going back to that perfect client, that perfect patient. I mean, mine is somewhat similar to yours. Mine is more of that 45 to 55 year old woman. Right. And the reason why is because I don't know, I just got a lot of women patients, but they come right. But that age group is that progressive range. Right. Mm -hmm. It's also that range where women tend to have, you know, some extra money that they may want to spend on themselves to look the way that they want to look, but it's also the perfect demographic for me because once you get the mom, then the husband comes, then the children come and the mom is going to be the one that's going to say this doctor's okay to see. Right. So over all my years of practicing, it's really been that demographic that I've served, which is set as a uh, stepping stone to see their other family members and then also their friends as well. So I've, I've, I've never thought about it as my perfect patient, but now I understand from what you just told me, right? So that makes perfect sense. The other key thing that I love that you mentioned is that, you know, you don't have to see every single patient that's out there, right? Find your niche, right? Find what you're great at, 
find what you like to do and service that community. And there's tons of that community that's out there, right? We don't have to do all these different things to try to be, you know, everything to everyone when we can actually sit back and really focus on that one demographic that we're passionate about and that they're passionate about us. So I really love that you dropped those two gems, finding your perfect patient and then really niching the hell out of it, out of it essentially, whenever you get that down. Well, it is, and it can extend to, you know, in, in a busy optometry office or a busy clinic, it doesn't have to be this whole mobile arena. It's exactly that. It's yeah. once you have that recipe, yeah. How can you possibly fail to deliver on your promise? <laughs> because you've been told what they want to you to deliver. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do it. Oh, yeah. Write the spreadsheets. Write the staff protocol. You. Yeah. This is what we're going to do, everybody. This yeah. is what Helen wants. This is what Teresa wants. This is what Jane wants. Right. But you know what, Helen? The problem is this. You know, us as eye care professionals. Um, you know, especially optometrists, we we get in our own way sometimes. Sometimes we think we know what's right when in reality, all we have to do is just listen to our patients. Our patients can tell us what designer frames they want. Our patients can tell us, you know, what they do for a living. Our patients can tell us where we can find more patients just like them as well, right? Sometimes we got to take a step back and actually listen to what they're saying. Um, and that's what's important whenever you're an optometrist or an optician or an ophthalmologist. Um, everything we do revolves around what the patient is saying. Uh, but again, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves by just thinking we know the answer before they even say anything. A really good example of that is when I do have students come through the program to, to educate them on, on mobile optical, on working with optometrists within a mobile setting. And people think that niche is, is a very finite thing. So it might be, okay, I only, I only ever want to deal with luxury, with luxury frames, you know, that clientele, that affluent clientele. That's wonderful, but guess what? Someone will walk in with macular degeneration that yeah. wants a luxury frame on their face. And you better be up for all of that, that they have chosen you to deliver that exemplary service, that incredible experience. Oh, yeah. And it has yeah. to be all-encompassing. You got to create that patient journey. You got to create that experience. There's no doubt about it. And I want to actually, you know, dive into that patient experience and what that journey looks like. Um, you know, say like I want to open up a mobile unit, right? Um, you know, where do I really start? You know, from the, you know, the outer surface of the unit, the car, the vehicle, whatever it may be, to what does it look like when a patient comes in? to get their eyes examined or to get their eye aware. If maybe you can kind of paint that picture for those that may be listening that are interested in doing this, but don't know where to start. Absolutely. And so again, here's a myth I'm going to break. Mobile optical doesn't have to mean that you are in a vehicle bringing everything that that, let's call them the perfect patient, that they are then going to come into your environment to do. Let's take it back a step. Let's think about what they're dictating to you, what they're asking. The surgical team, they're not going to do that. They want you to come to them. Right. You don't have to have that mo mobile optical thing, that van, that bus, that converted shop. No, they don't want to go in there. They want <laughs> you to come into their environment. So guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to tailor that service offering to that. And there's a number of ways to do it. So if you're going to incorporate 
the optometry service provision too, there's a number of ways to do it. And I've worked very closely with mobile optometrists who do travel with their equipment, have that opportunity. I will engage them to go to my perfect client's premises, whether it's an assisted living opportunity, whether it's to engage the, the seniors center, whether it's the, the notary's three offices in town, that's what's going to happen. We're going to do it for them. I'm going to go and I'm going to bring that mobile optometrist, 15 to 20 people, back to back, and they're all going to leave wearing my frames <laughs> eventually. <laughs> so you see the collaboration and the partnerships that can then ensue. And that's called professional partnerships. That's partnerships with integrity, where you're actually determined to produce successful results for both parties. You're not stealing each other's patients. There's none of that going on. You are creating an opportunity for everyone to benefit. And guess who's top of the pile? The patient. Right. And guess who they're going to recommend and sing the praises of you and that mobile optician so many different ways to work with this yeah yeah i mean you know i and i and i'll and i i'm that person that's thinking mobile optometry get that van get that truck get that bus let's go right but to your point um yeah no one's going to come out of their building they they want you if, if, if they're calling you over they want you in their office or to set up somewhere they don't have to walk more than 10 feet to get there or maybe it is a senior uh center where maybe they can't move around as much right so it's like you know just being mindful and aware of those things is a big deal right um and i love the 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 partnership between the optometrist or whoever's doing a refraction and the optician as well i love how you put that i wanted to kind of dig into that a little bit more you know when you look at uh potentially the financial aspect of that is this something where you know, the optician gets everything uh, as far as frame and lenses and the uh, optometrist or the refractionist or whoever's doing that part gets more of the professional services. Is that pretty much how that works for the most part? Every conversation, every engagement is, is individual, not okay. style, right? And it can be determined, again, it goes back to the patient as to what they actually want. You know, this is the thing. It's... I did mention it briefly, but let's just use it as an example. So in Canada, um, we have an incredible indigenous population who prefer, on the whole, to be seen in their own communities. And there are financing options available. There are opportunities of budgets for them to incorporate optometric services into that. But they don't want to go anywhere. They want someone who they trust to come into their community to serve their community residents. And that's a wonderful thing because they have unfortunately been at the very short end of the service provision um, agenda within Canada for a long time. And hopefully reparation is taking place. It's not an overnight success. But right. you know what? If you can offer a health director within a community an opportunity 
to provide that service to their end user, a safe space with no overt racism or prejudice or preconceived ideas on vision plans, on insurance, on remove all of that, take away any kind of stigma. You now have a professional relationship with these people that are decision makers and they go across provinces, across countries. And now you get, you get a whole different voice. Yeah. get a whole different voice okay and so that is is more so that's a very unique one but it could be here's another one it could be where i am on the west coast of canada my very small town of powell river google it everyone you'll be it's you'll be like i don't know where that is you, there's no need to it's beautiful it's out of the way it's all lakes it's ocean it's mountains we have very limited service provision so to engage people of someone like your caliber to come in and produce um, an opportunity for service provision would be a wonderful thing. So guess who's going to call the shots? I know there's going to be patients that would love that opportunity. So I'm going to sit down with somebody like you and talk about why, how I could even get you there. Right. That's a negotiation on the table, isn't it? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, 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 you're bringing out, yeah, you're bringing out an opportunity that I never would have thought of and you already got everything set up on the back end. It's just kind of almost plug and play after we look at the back end, as far as the financials and all that other jazz. So, um, I get it. I get it. I get it. And I like it. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you've been doing this for a while, right? Um, and with the amount of time that you've been doing it, I know there's been, uh, some wins and I know there's been some losses, right? We don't always want to look at everything as this is the best thing to do. It's great. It's easy. So I'd love for you to maybe share, you know, maybe a, a big hurdle that you had to, um, you know, overcome and then also a big win as well, right? I like to to see both at both sides of the business. Okay. And that's a very valid question because otherwise it's not real, is it? Nothing. <laughs> and we like, and we like to keep it real on Defocus Media. Tell it. We like to keep it real here. <laughs> so, and anything worth attaining, anything worth worth having, you have to work really hard for initially. There's no easy way around it, right? Right. Just like obtaining your qualifications, just going through school, through working at your marriage, through working with your kids. It's not easy. So, the one, like, yeah, thank you. Let's start with the biggest hurdle or one of the, the challenges. When I started my little business, it was very hard initially to break even with what I was being paid as a professional optician within a corporation. I was working for Costco. They were phenomenal. I could pick and choose my shifts. It was a reasonable income. However, I was not getting the time I wanted with my young family. I was not getting, um, and I wasn't, I wasn't getting that heartfelt buzz because I couldn't deliver on my promise within that fast-paced environment. Right. Just how it is. So taking all of that and moving forward with massive energy and aspirations, you're actually setting yourself up for some hurdles and failures because you think you can do it all. 
<laughs> I thought I could do it all because that's well, you, I'm like, yeah, we, I can well, do it. We all we right? all got a little Superman and Superwoman in us, yeah. right? <laughs> but yeah. then that, but then comes that kryptonite at times, right? So <laughs> yeah. So one of the biggest hurdles for me was that negotiating power mm. with with vendors to actually support me because they had no concept of what I was doing. They don't they're like she's gonna go visit a few seniors on the mobile mobile trailer park you know what why are we going to give her any deals i'm not giving her any deal right you know it's a business right so negotiating was really tough so guess what i did i got really good at negotiating i got really good at delivering on my promise for those corporations and companies that did support me and i returned on that investment tenfold every time you'll see me all over linkedin supporting vendors and individuals that have invested in me and my aspiration to build a successful business. Nice. So the biggest hurdle, negotiation, what you do about it, learn from it, educate yourself, get into buying groups, talk to people like you, listen to the podcasts. Oh my goodness me, all this free education and advice. Turn the Netflix off. You can still have a glass of wine. Just get on the podcast, <laughs> you know? Do it. Get the I kids watching. You know, tell them why you can't go to the swim meets. I can't go to your swim meet. I can't get this weekend off. What are we going to do about it? I'm going to build a business model and you're going to go do the laundry while I watch this podcast. Start changing our lives. All of that. So, biggest win, you know, being able to give back. So, whew, and this is where the heart factor, right? So when you actually build a business model that's authentic and built on professionalism and integrity, you do, I believe, have an obligation to give back. You know, that's just my belief. And will I judge people? Yes, I will. Because when we're fortunate, fortunate enough to be able to do that, we should be. So. Biggest win for me, winning that award, that International Optician of the Year Award, kind of accelerated me into into a visible spot that got me power, Dr. Dow. But it got me power for the right reason. It got me power to engage people to invest into what makes my heart tick. Back to Africa, I can afford now to sponsor kids to go to school in the, in the slum that now exists what, where I used to live in a lovely house. Right? Yeah. Now it's a slum of over 200,000 people in abject poverty. There's a school there. You can't can't just throw money into these places. It goes nowhere. You can't throw food in. It gets stolen. You know what you do? You give education. Because education is the exit. Education is the key to that door out. And that's the biggest win for me. Well, that's a hell of a win. And the more we can educate ourselves on how to be better clinicians, to be better business people, um, to be better uh, healthcare professionals, um, the better the world will be, right? I always like to say that us as eye care professionals, we're the gateway into the healthcare system, right? Um, We have the opportunity, to your point earlier, to spend more time with that patient or client that's sitting in front of us and be able to point them in the right direction whether it's something 
like a macular degeneration or diabetic retinopathy, or maybe there's some cholesterol related conditions or arcus that we see on the front surface of the eye. Um, we have the opportunity to put them in the right hands to take care of that underlying condition that they have. But it all starts with educating that patient that's in front of us. Um, and that's going to help them exit out of that space that they're in as well. So I love that concept of education. I mean, education is the key. Um, the part that really touched my heart was the giving back, um, you know, just taking a step back from the education. You know, I always get asked, Dr. Glover, how do you get all these opportunities? Um, how do you uh, always win these things? Like, what, what's the secret sauce? Wow. And, you know, I, I tell them it's really, really kind of four things, right? Um, you know, number one, uh, the man up above, no doubt about that. I have faith. Uh, number two, um, definitely my family. Um, you know, my uh, mother was all about, you know, great personality, be nice to that person in front of you. And my father was all about education, education, education. Right. And, uh, my wife is just my backbone. Right. And just really holds me down. And, uh, mentorship is the third one. I think, you know, that really helps you to learn through other people's experiences. That way you don't have to learn on your own. Um, but lastly, um, is I give back a lot, right? I feel like the more you give, the more you will receive. I tell all my mentees out there that I don't care if it's two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning, two in the afternoon. If you are going through something, you want to have a conversation, you want to have a talk, just let me know. And I'm always there for you. But I also tell them that this is bi-directional. If I need something, I'm coming to you as well. So let's work together as a team, as a family to be able to get through whatever it may be. But being able to give back, being able to pay it forward, um, that's the game changer. I just had a podcast last week with Dr. B and, um, you know, he was giving back to his community in Kentucky, right? Giving yeah. diversity grants and things of that nature. And um, I think us as eye care professionals, I, I feel like that's a part of our DNA, right? Some of us may not realize it and understand it and know it, um, but when it clicks and you get it, it's a game changer. Uh, but sorry, I, you know, sometimes I get up here and I start preaching. You, you, you hit that, you hit that soft spot on me. So I had to let, let all that out, but um, I appreciate you uh, really sharing that as well. Um, you know, mentorship, we, we just touched on that. Um, you have a business, you know, like you, you serve patients, but you also help to serve opticians. Um, I'd love for you to maybe spend a little bit of time about, you know, what you're doing to help mentor and educate and get some of these uh, opticians up and running when it comes to potential mobile optometry. If you don't mind maybe sharing a little bit about that as well, Helen. Absolutely. So I began that mentorship journey uh, back in 2020, actually, and built the program during COVID. And the program being a, a digital delivered program, which okay. basically a, an hour a week, maybe two hours a week, of really high, well, listen to me, I think it is high quality content delivered <laughs> into your inbox. Basically, build, of course, right? Building the business model around the perfect patient, the perfect client. And I take you on a journey over that 10 weeks where it's called the LEAP protocol. You're actually going through a number of, of almost like mind games to really okay. fine tune what you want to do. So, L, you're determining your location, but your location isn't geographical. It's, it's about where are these perfect patients? Where are these perfect people that you want to serve and that are looking for you right now? 
Yeah. Where are they? So we start to find them. We start to work out how to find them, how to to really start saying what you need to say. Apologies. My, I need to turn that off, the notifications. Did it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, you start to speak their language. You say it the way they want to be spoken to. You listen. You engage. You put yourself visibly in that arena where they will find you because they're already looking. Then we go through expression E. And this is where we're really examining and uncovering how you can develop that unique offering okay. that they're looking for. And that expression is all that professional verbiage, but professional presence, audiovisual, that you really want them to, to gel with, to go, that's the one I want. That's the woman I want looking after my eye, eyewear. And hey, she's got all these contacts with these fabulous optometrists. That's my optometrist right there. Wow. <laughs> okay. I want that thought process to start. So that kind of developing your expression is is really how you start to fine-tune and individualize your business offering. We go through advertising. And advertising is like a, a real conundrum for opticians because, oh, we're opticians. We're optometrists. We don't want to do that. Whew. Well, if you want those perfect clients to find you, you better be <laughs> learning about advertising. And it ain't that difficult. I'm 57. We can do it. We can embrace social media. I TikTok, love it. Right? Just go for it. Have fun. If you've got kids, get the kids to do it for you. Right? We go through professionalism. This is into the final stages. And we talk about our professionalism as a marketing tool. Because think about what distinguishes you, what differentiates you. If you are professional through and through and your authenticity shines, this will come across in all your social media engagements. Be yeah. transparent, be clear, have a sense of humor, put the pictures of the dogs and the cats up and the kids <laughs> and the broken microphone, right? Have the kids painting on the wall behind you. Oh, yeah. Oh, Talk yeah. about it, do it. And then I talk about the power, the final stages, Dr. Darla, the power, because the power is in delivering on your promise. You have an obligation to your perfect clients to do exactly what you said you'd do. Yeah. And your business depends on that. Now, the power is where you can then start to delegate and engage with artificial intelligence tools, with different media options, different technology to make your perfect patient-client relationship just soar. You're going to wow. give them what they want. That's I love it. it. And the mentorship is there all the way through. I love it. And if someone's interested in learning more about this, what's the best way, way, way for them to reach out to you, to partner with you, to enroll in this program? Okay, so I do have a website, um, and I do have an opportunity for people to engage with me with a free 45-minute, I call it a strategy call. Okay. Jump on the call, book it. You can either join the program or not. I'm going to give you 45 minutes of my time, just like you do, Dr. Darrell. And I'll, <laughs> I'll give you some hints. I'll give you some processes. If you want to go out on your own, off you go. If you want me and my team, and my team being my team of eloquent, inspiring entrepreneurial students 
from around the world. You want to get a piece of that, you're going to join the team. I love it. We'll and what's the on a journey. And what's the website? So, it, should I put it in the chat or should oh, I? You can say it out loud. Yeah. yeah. It's Secure Vision Mobile Optical Academy. And you'll find me. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. This has been nothing but great information. Um, I know there's a lot of folks out there that have always been intrigued by mobile optometry and some of them that have looked at it kind of in my, my eyes, my lens, um, where I need to go buy that big van, that big vehicle out there. I need all that overhead. Um, and they just didn't know where to start. They didn't know what resources were out there. Um, they didn't have the understanding of LEAP, right? Um, yeah. They don't know that um, you know, this is doable, um, but it is hard work, right? And um, I just really appreciate your transparency and you coming on the show and sharing your passion and sharing your vision and sharing your knowledge as well, because you didn't have to do that, right? Um, and, you know, all my followers and listeners out there, I know they're forever grateful for you uh, uh, bestowing that information upon us this evening. Um, as we close out, I would love to learn, you know, uh, what you want to be known for when it's your time to uh, end your optical career, when it's your time to hang up your phoropter, what does Helen want to be known for? Wow. And that's a challenge, isn't it? Because notoriety normally comes with an obligation, but if I'm not around, <laughs> I'm okay. So we can go for this. So I'm thinking I want to be known as a very positive enabler. Someone mm. that can motivate and inspire for you to take that leap, whatever that is, whether I'm with you on the journey or not. I want you to be motivated and inspired to be the best you can be. Because once you can do that and you keep growing and you keep learning, oh my goodness, it's, it comes back to just giving back. You are more open to situations in life that make your life happier, more engaging. Gosh, if I got known for that, wow. Well, what a smile I would have. All I can say, Helen, is you're already known for that. I mean, you've probably seen all the comments in the chat. You know, people are just showing you love, giving you a round of applause. Uh, the comments are there. Uh, this was great. Thank you for sharing. Um, you're, you're already there, right? And I just want to thank you again for coming on the show today and uh, just sharing your love and your passion. And I encourage everyone out there that's thinking about doing mobile optometry to reach out to Helen. Um, she has a hell of a game plan. And today she just really scratched the surface in regards to what this can look like and how this can change the way you practice. But most importantly, give you time back, right? Um, Work-life wow. balance is a thing. And you know we wanna make sure that we're able to spend time with those loved ones. Uh, we want to make sure that we're able to do those things that we always wanted to do. We don't want to just be working all the time, right? So make sure you partner with someone that can create that work-life balance with you. Make sure you partner with someone that um, aligns with what your purpose is. And uh, for mobile optometry, I think it's clear um, Helen is definitely that person. So again, thanks so much for coming out on the show this uh, evening. Uh, we look forward to learning more about your story and your journey um, so anytime you want to come back on the show, by all means, you're, you're, you're welcome to come on. You'll want it. And we greatly appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I'm having a few teary moments, 
That's Aww. a wonderful thing. And <laughs> I'm very grateful for all you do. And everyone that's watching this show, just really be engaged with what you can truly do and be. If you love your profession, let your profession love you and go for it. Just do it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Helen. Everyone out there, stay healthy, stay positive, stay blessed, but most importantly, stay engaged. Until next time, peace. All right, colleagues, and it's a wrap. Thank you dearly for hanging out with the Defocus Media team. We hope truly something resonated with you. And if it did, be sure to give us five stars and make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, you named it. And our handle is at Defocus Media on all platforms. And until next time, be sure to keep it 2020. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.